Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling is reminding businesses of the Curb to Compost program, which allows businesses, restaurants to have food waste collection. And this is an important next step in your businesses or restaurants recycling program. Welcome to episode number 165 of the Jackson Hole Connection, recording right here in beautiful Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Support for this episode comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling is all about reducing, reusing, recycling, and composting. We can use reusable shopping bags whenever we go shopping around town. So remember, do what you can for the environment and grab that reusable shopping bag. Also sponsoring this episode comes from the Deli at Jackson Hole Marketplace. We only use the freshest ingredients possible, and we're guaranteed to put some delicious yum right in your belly. Welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. I'm Stephen Clark Abrams, your host. Welcome back, everybody, who is a return listener, and congratulations to all of the new listeners for finding this podcast. I really do appreciate the support that you all provide to me by sharing and giving reviews of this podcast. By everybody sharing their stories, we can all learn and grow from each other. Sharing stories allows us to learn something new about each other. So get out there and talk to your neighbor or somebody on the street to learn something new. And my guest today, he arrived here in this valley in his mom's belly, as he said, about 88 years ago. Bob Shervin and his family have long, deep roots here in the valley. So deep and large, his grandson, Danny, was a guest on episode number 59. Being born and raised right here in Jackson Hole, Bob has seen an enormous amount of changes to this community over the years. As a caring, involved community member, Bob built a thriving business, raised a family, and was deeply involved in the community. I know you'll enjoy learning about Bob's life growing up here in Jackson, just as much as I enjoyed having the pleasure of speaking with him. Hey, Bob, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. Wonderful to have you here this afternoon. Thank you, and I'm, uh, I'm proud to. <laughs> my, my prerogative. So um, I love hearing people's how did they get here in Jackson Hole. So if you could share with well, us. I come in the belly. You came in the belly. <laughs> so you were born here. I was born here. And what year were you born? 1933. June. June of 1933. And were you born in the hospital or at your family's house? Well, I was born in the neighbor's house. Okay. Uh, why the neighbor's house? Well, that just happened to be where my mom was at when uh, my dad brought her back over the hill from, uh, I can't even think of the little town on the other side of the mountain in Idaho. It wasn't in Idaho. Well, it was in Wyoming, but on the other side of the mountain. Oh, over in Alta? No, it was this side of Alta. Oh, okay. Above uh, Victor. Okay. What was your family doing over there? Well, my dad and mom went over there to take care of my grandma's ranch uh-huh so were you guys living on that side or living well, on well side? no we were living here but uh, they they went over there to take oh them, they just went over there to do some work them. got it Grandpa. okay and you were saying that your mom was born here was your dad born here too no my dad uh come here from uh 
actually South Dakota. Did he? Originally from Minnesota uh-huh. area. Okay. But your mom was born here. My mom was born and raised here. The, they were on uh, uh, the family uh, ranch. Uh, well, it, they, my granddad homesteaded up in the park. In the potholes, if you're familiar with the potholes, that was my granddad's homestead. Just this side of the Triangle X. No kidding. In fact, I think at one time, probably no doubt, it was probably the Triangle X was even part of the ranch. And when you were born... And the house that you guys lived in, where was that house here in Jackson? Uh, everything's changed so much anymore. Uh, you know where uh, Raymond James' office is? It was on yeah. that corner right there. Really? Mrs. Peterson's house. Okay. At that time. Right across, what's that? The corner of Willow and Broadway? Uh, yeah. Right on the corner of Willow I, and Broadway. And what was your, what was the house like? Could Well, it was just an old house. Uh-huh. Was it a log uh, cabin? No, it was a stucco, uh, just a frame-built house. Okay, and as I remembered, anyway, I should put it that way. And growing up here, you were one of how many children? I was the oldest of five, uh, three. Okay, I had one brother and one sister. All right, and did your siblings end up raising families here as well? Uh, yes, uh, my brother. Uh, well, had. Uh, Two boys, if you know Danny uh-huh. Shervin, that's my nephew. Okay. And then, of course, I got some grandsons. It was is Danny, too. And a, oh, okay. I know your grandson, Danny. Yeah. I didn't know your nephew, Danny. Nephew okay. Dan, he lives all over on Rabbit Row. Okay. Can you remember? She married, he married uh, Laura. I can't even think of. She owned the, had the, uh, uh, her Mother had, uh, or her and Sis, she was Sis Wigglesworth, if you remember her. I do not. And they uh, had the ranch there on the bottom of the pass. Oh. Sis and Betty Wolseley. Yeah. Betty Wolseley Place. Okay. Her mother was part of that operation. All right. So your family has some deep root connections in the valley. Well, yeah. Yeah. And when you were growing up here, in the 40s and, and 50s here in Jackson. What was life like as a kid? Pretty uh, lonesome. Yeah, well, <laughs> lonesome? How? Well, there just wasn't that many people, I guess. And, of course, we always kind of lived either on a ranch or out in the country. Uh, we had a place out. Uh, if you happen to know where... Uh, God, God, my, my mind is just not working at all, hardly. That's all right. Uh, you know, where Charlie Peterson Sr. lived, uh, just across the street from the Pioneer Homestead. Uh-huh. Okay. And that corner back there, my granddad owned 80 acres in that part of town. And uh, and was that the ranch where you would live? No. Well, okay. that, uh, we had a place there okay. when I was growing up. Uh-huh. And then my dad, we started a dairy there when I was a kid. No kidding. I uh, herded cows up. Uh, well, we uh, he bought the Horn edition. Uh-huh. Uh huh. John Horn, I, I think, as I remember, it was his name. He had uh, Hall. Okay. Hall edition. The Hall me. edition. Yeah. Okay. And he was an old rancher that lived there under Snow King, and then he had run milk cows. Well, he when he got to the age that well, he got cancer and and got sick, so. 
my dad bought his cows and we went in the dairy business. And that was in the mid-30s. I, I want to put something in perspective for people who are listening in. Compared to where the, the house where you were born, which was on the corner of Broadway yeah. and Willow, and the ranch where you had the dairy farm. Well, we started out there with a few milk cows, and, and uh, we outgrew it. And uh, then we moved uh, south to Porcupine Creek. Oh, okay. Where the greenhouse is. Uh-huh. So that was our, that there. was the ranch, actually. Probably that was more of a ranch than, okay. than any of them. The others are just places. Okay. All right. That That's um, and, making some sense there. Yeah. And what were the winters like? Deep. Deep. Snow. <laughs> <laughs> Did it snow more then than it does now? Oh, uh, yeah. we uh, Back then, I uh, remember... Uh, well, skipping up a, a ways, uh, probably I was uh, 16, 17 years old. I went to Mormon Road uh, uh, winter up there with uh, Hans Horthorn and fed his cows that winter. And uh, by the time spring, or towards spring, I was uh, digging hay from the top of the stack up. You were digging so, hay from the top of the stack? Top of the stack up. Fed over the top of fences. It just, well, it drift right over the top of the haystack. Wow. Wow. And uh, then, well, it was, uh, occasionally I would uh, come to town and have to ski. And uh, you could sit on the cross poles on the telephone line, power, or telephone line. You could sit on the cross. You're saying the, the snow runs. was so deep it was almost to the top of the, oh, yeah. Of yeah. the telephone yeah, poles. Yeah, you could sit on the top of the crossbar on the <laughs> telephone line. That's remarkable. Yeah, yeah. It was about 10, 12, 16 foot of snow in places. Well, it covered my house that winter. Oh, I bet it did. Yeah. Wow. That's remarkable. So it was deep. Yeah. That's way deep. <laughs> so what made you decide to stay here in Jackson and raise your family here? Well, it just Jackson it always was my home, mm-hmm. and uh, whenever I did leave, it uh, you just you know pretty views uh, you see of Jackson Hole is when you come over either Togarty Pass or uh, up over the rim uh, from the south or Teton Pass, you just don't see much prettier country, better views, and of course I just I always loved this place. It is a quite remarkable place. It uh, it used to be a hell of a lot better than it is now. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything changes. Everything changes. You you have some uh, longer memories than most of us here of yeah. of the valley, which I'm I'm really interested as well to know when you were growing up and were you would your family did you guys have a a gas powered vehicle or were you guys still traveling via horse? Oh no, we we always had vehicles. You had vehicles, yeah. And what was it like driving the the old old pat the old pass road? Because when you were growing up, it was the old pass road that you would yeah, drive over there. Yeah, well, you know, we often as a young, I don't think I remember probably going over the pass maybe two or three times as kids. Uh huh. We lived on this side of the mountain. You just didn't get over. You didn't go much of any place. No, back then. Okay. Maybe once a year, I remember it seemed like that uh, the folks would go to Idaho Falls and buy groceries. 
mm-hmm. and for the winter time uh, you could go over there and buy a hundred dollars worth of groceries it'd last you all winter long oh my goodness and uh, well all you bought was flour my mom always grew a garden and and put up uh, her garden for winter time mm-hmm. and so we lived out of the garden garden most of the time so all you had to have is sugar flour and and a bacon stuff. So, now, were you guys? Did, was it accessible during the winter or even during the summer months that you guys had fresh produce coming into the valley? Uh yeah, most of the time. Uh huh. Fred's Market back, as I remember, was probably one of the first markets, and uh, they were where the Jackson State Bank was at that time. In fact, uh, Fred had a, a produce uh, store. Just, uh, well, just about where the Elks Lodge is now. Yeah, it's where Sotheby's is, isn't it? Wasn't that no, market? well, that was later on. Oh, okay. That was uh, that was after they uh, moved from uh, where the Jackson State Bank was. Uh-huh. And then they moved down there where Sotheby's was and bred and built that store. Okay. Now, as so as kids, you guys were still getting fresh produce in the wintertime. Uh, not a hot lot. Okay, not a lot. You just didn't feed out of the store much. Oh, I bet not. No. Because I just ate, don't remember it anyway. You would eat, eat more of what your mom would oh, can. Oh, yeah. Well, and then after, well, I think I can't remember for sure. I was probably seven, six, seven, eight years old when we had the dairy, eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, of course, we was on a ranch, and like I said, Mom always had a garden and raised stuff out of the garden. And then, of course, Dad had milk run to town, mm-hmm. and then he would probably bring stuff home hmm. from the store. He'd take a milk and then exchange it for groceries. That's so bartering. Oh yeah, back a lot then of it. instead of cash, <laughs> he'd exchange. Well, a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, do an exchange, <laughs> and when. What age were you when you started going to to school? Well, as I remember going to school, and and they held me back one year to go with my brother Harold. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so we we would go to school together. And uh, was that out of convenience? I think more or less, probably, because okay. you guys had to drive all the way. From Porcupine Creek. Well, no, we started town. out East Jackson, uh, when where you Mrs. Dairy Farm. where Mrs. Bush, if you know Daisy Bush, uh-huh. where she lived, that was our place. Okay, and that's where we started out. And Dad, well, he was he done carpenter work, and and uh, at that time, and uh, uh, cut the firewood. We all he hauled logs off of uh, 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 north off of. Uh, uh, above Moose. Lost Creek? No, the other side over. Oh, on the other side of the river? Yeah, on the other side of the river. Mm, I don't remember that. They call it Huckleberry Ridge. Uh-huh. And uh, that, uh, oh, the ranch that was on up the can draw from there. Uh, I can't remember what the hell. The Whitegrass Ranch? No, not the flag. It was this side, oh. uh, just above Moose. Oh, okay. Back over on the mountain. And... And so, was your dad hauling wood in exchange for schooling? Uh, no, oh. uh, no. He just he hauled wood and cut it and sold it. He just did whatever he could do. To you just make done a everything living. you could to make a living, right? I I would imagine so. I would imagine so. And then he carpenter worked for the Nelson brothers and and, and the Cranenbergs and and 
So when you and your brother were going to school, what was that school building like? Uh, it was across the street, and I don't have any of those old pictures anymore, but it was across the street from the Elks Lodge. Uh-huh. That motel, one building over from the corner, uh-huh. it was where the grade school was. That's okay. where I went to school. And was it was ever was it a school where all the kids were in the same room? Was it a room? Uh, there was, room? Uh, I think, probably for grade school, it mm-hmm. was probably in about four or five rooms. Okay, so it's a decent sized school. Oh, yeah. for for yeah. the size of town. Oh, yeah. So you had enough kids to get oh, in trouble yeah. with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and what was getting into trouble when you were a kid here in Jackson? Well, as a little kid, not much because we spent most of the time either working or on the ranch or doing chores. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have a whole lot. We played together as kids. Sure, sure. And then, of course, when we got to school age or, you know, starting into, upper, you know, the upper grade school. Mm-hmm. And then you got to playing that with more of the kids than they used to. We used to get together. We could all always find all kinds of crap to get into. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, read any of the stuff that uh, Connie Owen here had a while back, uh, well, and that's when I got old enough to have a car, drove a car. I had an old uh, Model, a, Model A, 1929, as I remember, seemed like. And uh, I drove down the sidewalk by the old log cabin bar, and, and uh, the cop was standing on the corner, and I run him off. I ran, actually, he run back in to get out of the way. To keep <laughs> <laughs> And then he took after me and started going. He got me, he gave me a, a cussing out for running the red or the light. <laughs> not for driving on the sidewalk. No, not driving on the sidewalk or running. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. He it like that. And then one time we tied the, uh, the marshal the power pole there on the corner by the park. There's a power pole right there on the corner. And he used to park there and watch all the goings on. Mm-hmm. And he'd sit there and go to sleep in his car, and he snuck in one night and trained him to the post, changed him to the post, and then sped by. (laughs) (laughs) He chained his car to the post. What did it do when he tried to take off? (laughs) Well, he had come to the end of the chain, and (laughs) I like to pull the ass head out of his car. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. So there was just stuff like that that we used to. We couldn't get away with that today. Oh no, no, no. But we didn't ever to do anything maliciously. <laughs> it was just all good fun. Good fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see that. That is hilarious. I love it. Do you recall how many people were living in this town when you were growing up? What the population was like? You know, I can't remember for sure, but probably 500 to 1,000, okay. maybe. So you Maybe. knew them all. You guys would know everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You knew everybody. Yeah. It was a nice small and town. And everybody knew you. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure everybody did know who, exactly who you were. Yes, indeed. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. 
For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov slash recycle and join today. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling is reminding you to bring reusable bags with you whenever you go shopping for groceries or other locations around town. We can do so much to help the environment and one of those small little impacts is to use reusable shopping bags. Remember to wash them at home so they always stay clean and don't spread germs. Another way to help reduce products that go into the waste stream is to compost all of that food and leaves that fall from the trees. And guess what? You can compost your food and all of that yard waste at the Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling Center. Just give them a call for up-to-date hours of operation. And additional support comes from the Vault of Jackson Hole. Remember, store today and indulge tomorrow. So you, you grew up here in Jackson, you and your brother, and, and you got married at some point. Where did you meet your wife? Well, I, that's, you know, down the road a ways. I, it was the winter that I went to Mormon Row and fed cows up there. And I, that spring when I come to town, I stopped at the, log, or the cowboy bar and was sitting in there drinking beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, a guy from Big Piney come through, and he was looking for a ranch hand. Hmm. And I didn't have anything else going on and, and uh, needed probably, no doubt, I probably needed a job. So I went to Big Piney and went to work for him. And that's where I met my wife. In Big Piney? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I drove in and gassed up down there, and this girl would come out and wash my windshield and pump my gas. And then I married her and brought her to Jackson Hole later and put her to pumping gas up here. <laughs> we're gonna get to, we're gonna get to more details of that story did you marry her that year oh no oh no, no. okay uh, we built around for two or three years before okay. we finally and and your wife's name was barbara. barbara right um so the summer after working in mormon row you went to go work at a ranch in big piney and down in big piney you stopped at a gas station and she was working there. Did her family own that gas station? No, no. She no. just was working she there was like everybody else. She working like everybody else. Okay. She had a job. And how far away is Big Piney from from Jackson? I was 90 miles south okay. of Jackson. All right. And was it paved highway, oh, dirt yeah. road? Okay. Yeah. So we had paved Back highways. Then. Back then we had paved yeah. highways. All right. They were, they were gravel when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Streets in Jackson. Uh, the highway through town was paved, but a highway department. But the Jackson streets were all gravel. Do you recall when Jackson started paving, paving the roads? Well, it was probably no doubt when I was gone. When I went to move, went to Piney is where I, when a lot of it was probably no doubt was done. Mm-hmm. And how long did you spend down in Big Piney? Uh, I probably was down there until the fifties, early fifties. You spent quite a time down there. Yeah, I was. De- Quite a number of years. I, well, I not only, well, and that was after we got married. I attended bar for a few years, and and, uh, and uh, that was quite an experience. And then I worked in oil patch, worked Derrick's for uh, a couple of years. And, uh, well, well, I was working on the ranches when I broke my leg, and uh, that ended my career as a ranch hand. And, and then after I got kind of on my feet, then I went to the oil patch and, and then 
Tendon Bar. And you said? Ross Meeks at uh, Horseshoe and, and Big Piney. At the Horseshoe and yeah. Big Piney, you were Tendon Bar? Yeah. Okay. And then I got knifed there and come home and quit <laughs> quit Tendon Bar. <laughs> well, why did somebody want to knife you? Well, it was kind of a wild place. And, of course, down there, there was all a bunch of uh, them oil field hands and, and you know, out-of-country type mm-hmm. people. It, roughnecks running the country. And, uh, of course, they always, they always spent their time in a bar when they wasn't working. Oh, yeah. And they used to get in little scuffle spots, and I'd have to kind of tune the shit down a little bit once in a while. So I jumped over the bar to grab this guy and... And I went to swing him around to throw him out of the door, and as I did, he stabbed me in the belly with a knife. And, oh, no. And, uh, did that set you back a little bit? That set me back a year or two. Yeah, I bet it did, <laughs> getting, kni- getting knifed in the belly. Um, <laughs> my lungs filled up with blood. It kind of put me out of business. I, if it hadn't been for that, I'd probably killed him. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad, um, I'm glad neither of you died. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So you spent quite, what was it, quite some time down in Big Piney. Yeah, uh, well, I went down there probably when I was uh, 16, 17 years old, 16 years old, and was down there until I was 20. So I was four or five years. And when you came back here, you had done some other things. At what stage, so you and Barbara got married at some point. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you and Barbara got married? I was 20 years old. Yeah? Yeah. She okay. was 18. No kidding. Good work. <laughs> Married at 20 years old. And what did you do when you came back here for work? Well, I, I'd done a little Well, when they built the Jackson Lake Lodge, I worked up there. And, and that winter, I went to work for Neil Rafferty at Snow King. And I run the lift up on top of Snow King. So in the summer when they were built in the, building the lodge, did you help in the construction I, of that? Yeah, I worked, yeah, I worked up there on okay. that. And then I landed a job with the Snow King operator, lift operator. And did you learn to ski uh, up at Snow King? When I learned how to ski. What were your skis like? Well, they happened to be an old pair of heads that Neil Rafferty had. Mm-hmm. A little too long, but back in them days, you you, you just used what you could afford i guess <laughs> oh i'm i'm sure and at some point you started a gas station did yeah you, did uh, you just start that or did i you... was i was there for uh, i worked for neil and then at the same time i uh, had a second job working for uh, burr robbins at independent oil and that was on the north end of town at that time and i worked for him and and uh, and snow king uh, well, I was there for 13, 14 years, and then I decided I needed to go into business for myself. So in the meantime, I was uh, doing furnace work to boot. So I <laughs> was uh, installing and servicing and working on furnaces and selling oil. Uh, it got to be the point where if you sold something, normally you had to maintain the equipment that they went into. So that's how come I happened to get into the furnace servicing business. Uh-huh. Huh. And so I worked in that for several years, and, and uh, that's when the fellow that owned Independent Oil and Burr retired and got out of it. He sold it to another guy, and, and Carly Johnson, come, and he 
decided he had enough and retired, and Carly come by and wanted to know if I wanted a service station. You're like, I think I'll take it. So I took it. Yeah. And where was that service station? When you that was on the north end of town. It was just this side of where the Dairy Queen is. Oh, okay. And that long commercial-type building that sits there. Mm-hmm. That's where I was at that time. And where where did you move it, and why did you move it? Well, I lost uh, We decided to, he, well, Carly made several promises that he never did keep, and uh, I... I uh, Got a little unhappy with him, and and, uh, and I lost my lease. And that's when I uh, moved south of town. Well, I lost my lease, and I moved into a, a building down on uh, oh, around the corner where uh, West Pueblo had his animal hospital down there. Uh-huh. There's a was a Quonset hut in there, and I moved my tire shop and, and business into there, and, and I bought uh, product from Alvy Richens, and, and uh, I course i had a guy that was working for me that was a hauling product and that's how i took care of my home home heating customers and bulk deliveries and, and i bought product from alvi until i built the station where i'm at down there now in 1982 and when you built that station in in 1982 was there anything around you uh kirstead had a helicopter pad next next to me he did. Yeah, that was the only thing else that was in a half a mile of me. <laughs> he got to town. <laughs> and so you were out of town. <laughs> yeah. At that yeah. point. In the 80s, they was still out of town. Yeah. And what did he do with that helicopter pad? Well, he outgrew it and had to, of course, uh, they subdivided uh, Dorothy Simons. She owned quite a little bit of that acreage in there, and that's who I bought that first acre from was her. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I... Well, I had several people tell me while I was a building it that, Jesus, I was just out there all by myself. I'd never make it. Mm-hmm. Too, just too far out of town. Well, within about a year, I had to buy another half an acre from her. Well, that was all that was available at that time. I bought another half acre to add, add on to my first acre so that I could expand my building. I outgrew it. I just needed more room. Good for you. So that's how I happened to wind up with that piece of property down there. Good for you. And so that's that was the beginning or what Shervin's... Shervin's Independent Oil. Independent Oil is yeah. now. So when you first bought the Independent Oil, were you doing tires there as well? And well, service? and that was one of the things that, where Carly had promised me that he would do, uh, you know, upgrade my building and give me some more room. Uh-huh. And he, he neglected to follow through so i i had to do something to add to my business to mm-hmm. to make it okay. you just couldn't make it uh, three cents a gallon on selling gasoline so i had to when uh, well that's when i went into the tire business all right and then at that time when you built a new building you started going into service well i was even in service work down there yeah okay all right but yeah, you, yeah. then you had more space for service yeah yeah Oh yeah, I, well, I when I first built the building that uh, I had, I had uh, four bays, uh-huh. and uh, they were full, and I was running out of room, so I had to buy another half an acre. I paid more for the half acre, and I did for the full full acre when I when I first bought it. And uh, land prices and always go up. Four more bays onto my into my station, and and that was where my tire work went in. Okay, 
Now, between the time that you married Barbara and the 1980s, you two, how many kids did you guys raise? How many kids? We did had you guys five raise? kids. You had five kids. All right. And you, um, you were also mayor at one point. I was mayor in 1980 through 86. What was it like being mayor in, in the 80s? It was 80s? fun. Yeah? <laughs> well, it was work. And of course, along with everything else I had going, it's just another job. Mm -hmm. But I enjoyed it. Well, a good time. Thank you for serving, uh, being the mayor here in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. What were um, some of the things that you guys did when you were mayor? Do you recall? Well, I just uh, I had a uh, a good ad town administrator. Mm -hmm. We lucky lucked in and, and had a, a sharp guy that worked with us, and uh, we done a lot of. Uh, well, we uh, ended or starting out. We finished up a sewer plant that uh, they've got now that's south down on the river, and the line between here and there. We mm -hmm. finished that, and then we just uh, wasn't anything else other than. I built a town hall when I was uh, in mayor. Okay. We uh, decided that we, well, we kind of, it needed to be moved out of the county building anyway. We kind of outgrew our space in there. And, so and, for a while, the town and the county shared the same building? Well, we, we had our offices. The uh, old county building that was on Willow, mm -hmm. we had the south side of it. And... Uh, it kind of got a little crowded. Oh, and I bet. So we decided that we needed to have our own place. Okay. So that's when we bought that lot where the town hall is now, and we've been uh, built the town hall. Good work. Thank you. And then, of course, we just done street improvement programs. That's uh, when Guild Edition went into a existence. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, it, you know, we had sewer upgrades and, and uh, street projects and and uh, it was always busy. Yeah, it's, it sounds and, as though that you had a lot going on during that time. Yeah. Uh, a whole lot. And and I'm sure I can only imagine that during this time, um, tourism is increasing. Uh, well, and that was one of the things that was always kind of a pain in the butt. You know, I just, uh, and the, what they've done now. And of course, back then we had uh, a half a dozen or more trailer parks around town. And that's where people, affordable housing, that was affordable housing back then. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of our workforce people lived. Well, when they decided that, uh, well, and this is after I was mayor, they decided they needed to get rid of the trailer parks and clean up the town mm -hmm. and get rid of the riffraff. Mm. And uh, you you can kind of guess from there where the town went. Yep. And, yep. well, you see it now. Certainly. <laughs> Certainly. No people, housing and no people. People don't have a place and to no live. No field jobs. Right. That's right. And then, uh, of course, it was in 19, well, I was mayor until 1997, uh, and, uh, and and I just didn't ever learn anything to keep my mouth shut. And, of course, I had belonged to Rotary and a couple of other organizations, and, and I decided well, I, maybe I better run for county commissioner. So in 19, it had to be in 90, 93 or 94, I decided I'd run for county commissioner, and I did. And then I was county commissioner from there to 202. Oh, were you? For eight years. Okay. Well, you're a person that um, so <laughs> spoke up and, you know, took action. That was important. Well, that's what we had to do. Just yeah. 
seemed like that, you know, somebody had to do something. And that was one of the things I always told my commissioners and anybody I worked with. You don't sit around and procrastinate. You get the shit done. That's and right. You either vote her up or vote her down and get her off the table. And don't mess around with it. They could use that advice nowadays, yeah, I think. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely would not hurt a thing at all. Now, I'm curious about some some other things as well. Um, a lot of businesses, while you are offering operating the independent oil, most businesses here in town, they would close down in the winter season. But you mm, had a business that didn't close. No, well, we all, back uh, during the... 80s and probably up into the 90s first well early 90s uh we used to take turns like on sundays uh-huh and uh, we'd uh, just the association and that uh, well we even gotten our next in a little problem there where we were price fixing uh-oh this, that's what they tried to accuse us of uh-huh and uh, they Hauled us into court and tried to sue us, but we find we got through that all right. But we would exchange, and half of the town would uh, open up on Sundays, and the other half would close. Hmm. Well, consequently, you know, give everybody a, a chance to make a little money, mm-hmm. or uh, at least every other Sunday, right? And have and some time off with family. Sunday, then the rest, of the, or the other part of the town, would open up. That's interesting. So it, we we shared uh, kind of shared the everybody having a little time off, and of course in the wintertime that's when you either vacation or you know you done your because in the summertime well they always we always claimed that uh, Labor Day they'd roll the sidewalks out and and uh, all of the wealthy people would come to town open up the summer businesses and and then well Memorial Day Labor mm-hmm. Day then they rolled the sidewalks up and put the town to sleep. Right. <laughs> rolled them out Memorial Day, rolled them up on Labor Day. I love it. Put the town to sleep. I love it. I love it. And it wasn't quite that bad, but it was, It you know, you uh, it took you all summer long to make what you had to borrow to get you through the winter. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, wow. So you'd borrow in the winter to get through the season the season into the summer and then in the summer you'd make it up yeah. pay off the debt and put a little way start over and start over all right it's kind of the way that the town operated and i think a lot of it that way well having a seasonal uh community it's, yeah. it's i can imagine it was the way to operate yeah for sure yeah. for people who have not grown up here here in jackson hole what is something that you would offer as advice to people listening today and raising kids that you you feel would be important. You know, that's just that's real difficult. That's just, I, and of course that's a, you know a community like this now and well and and since the nineties when we kind of grew up and and the tourist uh, business and business become more uh, nine, ten, eleven month businesses. Mm-hmm. Where before you was lucky if you had a six month business in the summertime, and then the rest of the winter you you just hunt and pecked mm-hmm. to get what you could. And uh, now, it, and of course, trying to even find people to even fill a job anymore. Well, and the society has screwed up that all of that. You could, it's illegal now to even uh, work a school kid. We used to teach our kids how to work, and. Mm-hmm. I got kids that, and guys 
this still works uh, for me now not for me personally but uh one kid that works at the station that i've worked him ever since he was in in uh, grade school no kidding and uh now is that one of your still, sons <laughs> no well, okay besides my sons okay and I don't know how many kids probably out of this community that no doubt that I have probably raised up through high school and that give jobs to. Oh, I'm sure you gave a lot and, of jobs. Uh, I've raised a lot of this town, mm-hmm. a lot of these kids. Now, when you first had your gas station, was it full service pumping? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back okay. then it was. All right. Because mm-hmm. I grew up working at a gas station um, that my dad and stepmom had, and it was it offered full service. Yeah. And we'd go out there and. Check the oil and wash the windows and check the tires the whole and thing. fill up the gas and <laughs> say thank you. And uh, the car needed oil, you'd put a quart of oil in. Yeah. 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 And it'd be soup to nuts. The whole and, works. And now you, I, I, you don't see full service no. gas stations. Very seldom. Mm-hmm. We, I, I know we still got uh, or had a few. Of course, our old customers are, you know, they're slowly fading away. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a half a dozen of the older folks that we always give full service to that had come in, and they'd like to be waited on. Oh, good. And we they waited on forever, so, uh-huh. you know, you don't quit. That's nice that you guys still yeah. offer yeah. offer that to a few folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Well, Bob, I don't want to take up too much of your time, and this has been a delight hearing what your life has been like growing up and raising your family here in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I appreciate you taking the time and sharing with everybody a little bit about what Jackson life used to be like. Man, that's been my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Take care. To learn more about Bob Sherman and his family history right here in the Valley, visit the Jackson Hole Connection, episode number 165. And many thank you to everybody who helps keep the Jackson Hole Connection on the air. All of you regular listeners and all of you brand new listeners. Remember to get out there and give this podcast a five-star rating. Thank you to my wife, Laura, and my boys, William and Lewis, who support me each week for doing the work that I do. And of course, thank you to Michael Morey, who has done the editing and marketing for every single episode of this podcast. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I really look forward to seeing you back here the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.